1: scumbags this is the scummy mummies podcast with your hosts ellie gibson and helen thorne
2: Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. And who's our guest today, Helen? It's TV's Adrian Charles. TV's Adrian Childs. How are you?
1: I'm very well. It's oh. lovely to be here. I'm, I'm honoured. This is intimate.
0: It, it is. I'm sitting
1: in a front room, flanked by either of you. <laughs> Both of you, I should he say. Can't nice.
0: He can't escape people. I thought Rock you were going to say dwarf. he can't believe
2: his luck. But he, no, he,
0: I mean, yes. I, we, could, we could go through the accolades and, and your illustrious yeah. career, but you've peaked now. You're in South oh, East yeah. London. A
1: bloke you, just came down the stairs as well yes just, that is my husband right, yeah. he's okay. like joining us or anything no, all not, right. he's he's like, did I see a bloke in the garden
2: oh that's Handy Go- Andy yeah he's all just right, fixing Andy the Andy. shed because okay. the other bloke can't do it and you know okay. I know feminism and that but I'm not wielding a hammer no. I'll lose
1: a thumb well it's 3-2 to blokes on this <laughs> point. So, right. also
2: I've got two sons who'll be home from school in a bit so right. okay. we're absolutely oh, yes the patriarchy is so, alive yes. and well thank god it. you won't be drowning in minge for long Adrian don't worry don't worry Uh it looks disappointed how I mean how globally I you're an international star, obviously. Oh, I
1: wouldn't say that, Adrian really. Charles. I'm not an international star. I I think I'm, I'm quite famous in this country because I, I, I touch different bases. Like I've done, you know, stuff on stuff on radio, five live, and then football I've covered. I was on the One Show, The Apprentice. I've done some quite heavy documentaries about religion and racism, and the one I did about drinking. So I'm kind of yeah. So I'm kind of famous. What I found out is. I mean, being famous when you're doing well is one thing. I mean, it's a complete, you know, it's completely mind-bending. But then you don't stop being famous when things aren't going so well. Mm. You know, my career, didn't come to a grinding halt, but, you know, I sort of got sort of... ITV finished with me very abruptly in 2014. You know, and I'd done live TV more or less every day for 20-odd years. Mm. You know, and then suddenly it completely stopped. But, you know, it's still recognised. And then... You're then recognised, and it's it's you're you're then known for you're sort of defined by what you used to be. So, like twenty times a day, people will come up to me and say, "Oh, you're not on telly anymore." And I went, <gasps> "You know, look, which is fine," but, but when somebody keeps saying to you, it becomes That's... like a drill going into your skull. Yeah, you know, it's, and a lot of you're all right? <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I'm fine." I'm. You know, I'm, like you know, I'm doing all stuff. You.
0: Like they, they like like your
1: make. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Those things. You I know. mean, they're
1: normally being they're being nice, but it's the people that are being nice that sort of kill you in a way. Because then, if you don't fancy talking, you think, oh god, they're going to think I'm rude or something. Mm. I mean, there's a guy on the train coming back from Manchester. I was still working, working on radio, and I was more fulfilled than I'd been with most of the telly I've done. But coming back from Manchester, I got talking to a nice bloke, and he said. So you're not know, so in the end he said, you know, the dreaded quest, so you're not doing any tummy anymore there yeah. and uh and I went, No, no, well, you know, blah 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 and he goes, Oh well, I mean I mean you tried your best, didn't
0: you? <gasps> oh I,
1: think, I mean oh. he meant it with all you know, with all yeah. love in his voice, yeah, 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 but you know if I could have opened the train door on this virgin <laughs> oh, Pendolino, or whatever it was, I would have yeah. I would have you know I'd had a long hard think about it mm. oh, or well. also, you dread that you dread the question um the way the people have got a particular phrase they use, yeah, um and this tends to be friends more than strangers. they say uh, what's in the pipeline and Sorry, I'll I, don't don't. I
0: just have to change the running
1: order okay.
2: yeah. <coughs> yeah. yeah. all right. <laughs> right. Well, said, delete so- question 16 oh, oh,
1: it's no, so embarrassing. Know, says, says, what's in the pipeline I've got a good friend a close friend of mine is Jonathan Trott who's a uh, he was the best batsman in the world and then uh, and then it all you went a bit wrong you are talking to
0: an Australian by the yeah. way yeah okay. okay fine okay, okay but continue
1: so, but Trotty was saying the same thing he said oh man that word pipeline oh. you know he's now sort of working as a coach and stuff mm. so we got this whenever anyone in the world says that he travels a lot, lot more than me is when anyone asks him the pipeline question, hmm. he just sends me a one-word text, which is the the rudest the rudest word in the English language. Oh, yeah, wow. and then I say, "Go on, tell me about it."
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> the worst the one be- he- is. I wonder yeah. if it's <laughs> like when you're a comedian and like if something, like, especially when we were starting out and like you do it, you do like your little five minutes at your open night, and your friends would be there, and you'd come off stage, and they'd go. How do you think that Uh, went? Oh, God. Well, any lies I was telling myself about how I went, I've just just flown out the window. But, Mm. oh, no, it's like I heard a story once about... Gary Barlow was being interviewed, and he said, because there was that period, wasn't it, after Take That, when he was Take That's Gary Barlow before he became sort of, you know, Mumford and Sons tribute band, Gary Barlow, uh, and very rich again, where he had to, like, ring up Barclay cards. So he was just talking to someone in a call centre, and they were like, what's your name? And he's like, Gary Barlow. And they were like... And the bloke was like, oh, mate, oh, mate. Imagine sharing a name with that loser, you poor bastard.
0: was <laughs> <laughs> like, no, sh- no, sh- no, no,
2: no. So I felt really sorry for him, but then uh, didn't he get done for tax avoidance? Yes, in he supported the Tories. Yeah, yeah, so no, he's dead to uh, us. Yeah. Fuck off, Gary. Good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Gary Barlow chat done very early mm. in the podcast. Good. Is he a close personal friend of yours, Adrian?
1: Uh, no, I met him, found him perfectly nice when I met him, but know he's not, he's not a close... Uh, you know.
2: Well, anyway, but back to you, TV's yeah, Adrian yeah. Charles, and you're often sort of credited with being one of the first voices on on the BBC, but on telly generally that wasn't sort of from London or specifically it was from yeah. from I Birmingham. Mean, it's, it's,
1: I mean, it's it is mad that I mean, for me, it absolutely worked in my favour because you know people assumed I was thick, and I, I don't mind that role with that because. It meant I had to do relatively little to impress them. They just string a sentence together. They think, "Why, are the lad's a genius." I mean, when I came to the BBC. I felt sorry for the posh boys, <laughs> yeah. but the BBC's got a you know a part to play. You know, there's nothing to make an accent more acceptable than people being put into responsible positions, i.e., Hugh Edwards, newsreader, mm. yeah, yeah, you know, and a great political correspondent before that, but in an absolutely big, bold Lee accent, mm. you know, reads the news, which In a way, it's sort of. I mean, there's there's a lot of accents who have more prejudice against them than South but he had a really strong accent and he still has. And it might have not exactly jarred, but you notice it at first. Now, you don't notice it. And it's the same, I I really felt it strongly with women football commentators. Now, look, I'm, you know, not most, but I mean, a good proportion of the people I watch my football team with home and away are women. I mean, this idea that women don't know, it's absurd. But, you know, with a woman commentator came on, I was absolutely fine with it. But you noticed it, and it sort of jarred a bit, just the, the, t- just the, the register of the voice slightly. And it just takes time. And for the first time during the World Cup, you know, I'd be halfway through a game, and i will go, oh, it's a woman commentator. You know, yeah, you just yeah, hadn't yeah. noticed. So the only way of normalising it, really, is for the, you know, the BBC not to be afraid of putting people on, you know, mm. really strong Bristolian accent. Yeah. Really strong Scouse accent, reader the news. Somehow it just wouldn't not, wouldn't happen, and it should. Yeah.
2: Mm. Well, when is it Catford's turn? The footsie's up sixty nine. Um, but you're here to talk about one of your more recent projects, uh, TV's Andrew and Charles, yeah. which is you've become the acceptable face of moderation. <laughs> uh, congratulations.
1: Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I did a TV program about about drinking and. Mm. I just sort of blundered into something, really, because mm. most of the TV, most TV documentaries about drinking are at the extreme end. You know, yeah. it's you know, it's blue lights, it's waking up in shop doorways, you know, drinking vodka for breakfast, and that kind of thing. Where yeah. there's you know, there's some of that about, but then the absolute minority, and most drinkers who present with say with liver disease mm. related to alcohol aren't drinkers like that they're drinkers drinkers like me but because we're not like of of caricature of the heavily addicted drinker because we're probably a bit less heavily addicted you know, we're still absolutely damaging ourselves no end. So. Yeah,
2: well, it's socially acceptable to get battered at a dinner party, even yeah. if you're sick in the cab home. Yeah, but if you're drinking on a park bench, even if you're drinking half yeah, the that's amount, that's not okay.
1: Sorry,
2: I wasn't
0: attacking you. No, I have I have vomited in a cab with Ellie twice.
1: More than yeah, yeah, more than someone.
0: I'm the one. I'm 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 not an angry drunk. I'm an enthusiastic drunk,
2: and I like pleasing people. Mm. And so when people oh come say, on, well, how
1: could vomiting? Please, anybody. Exactly.
2: I was. Do you know what, Adrian? I was so pleased. When I was wiping the sick out of that Uber oh, yeah. right? in my handbag when I got home. I was so pleased. I thought she's she's yeah, such yeah. a people giver. <laughs> She'd do anything. Yeah. For she gives me. and she, gives, she, and she gives, gives and she gives. She, she gives. gave so much <laughs> that night. Oh.
1: I mean, one of the dangers is. I mean, the book is kind of a play on words, the good drinker, because in a way, my problem was I was too good at it. Not in the sense of moderating, which I wasn't, but. There were no warning signs. I mean, if I'd been sick in a cab ever, I would have gone, mm, Steady on, you know, you've got to get... Yeah, right,
2: that right. would ring a bell for many people, Agent <laughs> yeah. Charles. That would ring a bell for me also, Agent yeah. Charles. I wouldn't repeat that behaviour on yeah. a semi-regular basis. Anyway, sorry, but, I mean, in. I
1: never got hangovers. <laughs> I was never, you know...
2: You were built I, for I was it. Just, yeah. Yeah,
1: but, you know, you're better off with... Somebody put it to me and said they didn't drink much because they were... Blessed with hangovers. And that's the way of looking at it, actually. Yeah. That's exactly right, because they're God's way of getting you to slow down. Yeah. If you're just going on without any ill effects, then you're noticeable ill effects, or you're blind to them. You're not getting into trouble or anything. Then, you know, you can drink yourself into a, you know, into a really bad way.
2: But yeah, it's funny because just before we started recording, you were saying oh, we were saying talking about our podcast. Now, when we started, there weren't any parenting podcasts or many yeah. anyway, and now there's quite a lot. And I was saying, yeah, it's, it, you were like, it must be annoying, and I was like, yeah, a bit like if you do a whole thing about moderation, you make a whole TV show and a book, and then some bird does a podcast about it, which is, I'm, I'm afraid, is what I've done, Adrian. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've moved into your Isn't space.
1: It, no, something no, no. about
0: mimicry is the greatest flattery, basically mm,
1: something like that. Yeah, quite, you know, I think it's it's quite difficult to do because moderation. In and of itself is intrinsically boring in a way. I mean, the whole point is that not not much, not much dramatic happens, right? You know, which is why it never got covered on the telly. Because what? I mean, as the commissioner said to me, we're trying to get the the, the documentary. So, what are you going to film here? Mm -hmm. Just you drinking a fair amount, but not getting into trouble. (laughs) You know know, what? What is that? So yeah, you've got to sort of go. I, yeah.
2: I but I'm, again, I'm all about moderation these is I like things that are quite general. We've talked before about doing a programme called Bland Designs, which yeah. is like a home improvement show, but it's just people putting up some new IKEA blinds or maybe yeah. just yeah. having a new
1: wardrobe. I've oh got stuff that work. <laughs> Not stressful.
2: Yeah, 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 like light
1: switches, where yeah. you just switch a light on, and it comes on, switch it off, and it goes off. Or Brilliant. maybe a dimmer. But these like Lut- <laughs> Lutron ooh, systems... Ooh. Ah. You know, you end up can pressing a button mind. and the garage door opens or <laughs> yeah. something, and then...
2: <laughs> I mean, you are talking to someone who controls her lights with a, a voice control and uh, has a mug that you can set the temperature on an app to keep the tea at the exact temperature. But that's a story you know, for that's, another that's, time.
1: That's, I like all that as All oh, well. right, fair yeah. enough,
2: fair enough. But yeah, so I started a podcast called Sort Your Shit Out, which is yeah. available now, listener, um, because I found that, yes, apart from yourself... Um, there's not a lot because basically I started thinking that maybe I was much like you I was drinking a bit too much and I didn't want to give it up entirely Yeah. and when I started looking around for info um, I, I found your TV show and this was all before you wrote your book yeah, yeah. so you know I, I had your TV show but apart from that especially like in the spaces we're in like Instagram it's kind of all or nothing especially for women I think it's mm-hmm. like oh wine o'clock mums we're all right. on it we love Prosecco you're we so love right. gin you so oh. right. or it's like, well, I've been sober for 498 days and here's my key ring, yeah. which is great for you if you yeah. want to go down that route. And lots of people yeah. have to go down that route. But I think for people like you who are just a bit too pissed some of yeah. the time.
1: Well, I'm actually, go <laughs> back to what I said, I wasn't pissed. I mean, I wasn't even yeah, getting yeah. drunk. You know, I was yeah. just, yeah. you know, just just drinking a little or a bit more than a little but very often sort of Mm. every day so do you know how much you were drinking did you ever record it because that's kind of the key to the exercise
2: well I I ended up I found this woman called Stephanie Chivers who she's like a a trainer and a coach and she's worked in drug services for like 15 years and yes, she, the first thing she did was she made me write a diary of, of how much I was drinking, yeah. and, and we worked out the units. And I really like that bit in your book, because you're like, people think units are complicated. They're really not complicated. Yeah. And then you explain in a very simple 800 words yeah. why they're not complicated no, by no, actually but reading you're... it. I'm like, he's absolutely right. Yeah. When you start thinking a glass of wine is two and a pint of beer is three, you, it's... Yeah. it's...
1: I mean, the difficulty is wine, because no one knows what a standard measure is. Oh. I mean, for, look, beer, for our purposes, call one pint five or four or four or five it doesn't matter I mean just and then half a pint and half that mm. and then the trouble with wine is you know what you know what is a glass of wine there's no standard measure really but no, once no, you've figured catchy. that out you kind of know there's ways the shortcuts to doing it but if you're not entirely bang on accurate you know better than still have a, an inaccurate Thing, then then, yeah. they're not doing it at all. Mm.
2: Well, wine in my house, we used to pour in what was known, this from, from my 20s, was known as a Gibson measure. Yeah. <laughs> so if I was making someone a vodka and Coke or a wine, yeah. or be like, do you want a Gibson measure? And everybody knew what that meant. <laughs> I had yeah. to sort of go. To the top. Yeah. That seemed hilarious when I was 25. Is it, you know, mm. when you're 45 and you're sort of halfway through staring deaf in the face, yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know how funny that is anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. But I got a tip from Stephanie actually. Stephanie was like, you should measure your wine properly. You should mm-hmm. measure it like 175 mil is a medium glass yeah. of wine. But I'm quite lazy. So what I've done is I've got a Sharpie. Serious. Really? really? I mark, you've seen. Yeah, I've seen yeah. I yeah. i mark on all my wine glasses how much that is. And then you pour it in. You can't overdrink. You don't want to get one of those yeah. like metal things
0: that they have in, in the Wetherspoons, which right. is like a small, medium, large, and you pour it into the metal. Oh, cord. the
1: little. I mean, they're not like a bad d- idea, joking about, yeah. yeah. you know. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then you don't have to mark your glasses, mm. love. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I've been I've been sort of trying to properly seriously moderate and reading about it and thinking about it and all this stuff for about a year now and think what I've realised is it is an ongoing It's definitely more common. No, it is. Uh. It's
1: more complicated. It's straight if you just stop drinking, I mean, depending on you know, what you what level of drinking you are stopping, but stopping completely. You make one decision, everyone knows you make it and you deal with that. If you're moderating and you like a drink, you've got a thousand decisions to make a week. You know, mm. do I drink tonight? Mm. Who do I drink with? Um, what do I drink? Do I save How much up do I drink? Thursday? When, yeah, yeah, when yeah, yeah. do I start? You know, and, hmm. and you, know, the, you know, a lot of your... And we will talk about the social norming thing, which I think is fascinating, but the, the, most of your friends will be drinkers. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely. not, by the way, that's not because everyone drinks, that's because you drink, and you've surrounded yourself by other people who are drinkers. So which confirms your own, you know, it's 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 it gives you it's another green light you've subconsciously worked out for yourself. But that being the case, suboptimal as it may be, your friends are your friends. I mean, you can't go out and rewrite your friendship group. And Would that you could, Adrian Giles. Yes, yeah, would yeah. that you could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's it's yeah, you just you just you do need to work at it. And there's no there's no there's no beginning and end to it. You can't celebrate your first anniversary of your moderation. Yeah. <clears throat> How would you celebrate it? What would you drink at the party for yeah. a start? But there's no end to it. It's always an ongoing yeah. thing. But you do it with other things. You have to do it with food, for example.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: that's true. You know, you, we, so it, it's not undoable but mm. it, it I like needs cigarettes so
0: I'm, I'm now moderating mm. my cigarettes that's <laughs> yeah. not the same <laughs> damn it <laughs> Fuck! Yeah. i like a party fag I know i'm really good at but also, smoking got this
1: idea of alcohol <laughs> as an ism alcoholism yeah. where in medicine basically there isn't such thing really
0: hmm.
1: right it's it, clinicians tend not to use that word anymore if you smoke you're not a <laughs> smokeaholic You know, you don't suffer from smokerism. It's got this sort of name, which I just think is unhelpful. Because if it's an ism, you think, well, have I got this ism? Or haven't I? I just think it's unhelpful. If you drink a lot, you're Mm. addicted. If you drink an awful lot, you're very addicted. If you're down to just 20, 30 units a week, like I am now, then you're still a bit addicted.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: that's the way to look at it. And Although you, I
2: know I know from talking to you, some people, find it helpful to identify themselves as alcoholics. Yes, to to, to put themselves. Okay. To go, right, I'm uh, in this we, box, we, and therefore I have yeah. to define my behaviour as follows. Okay. You know. Hmm. Yeah. So,
1: but that doesn't mean that they that doesn't give them the right. I would say with respect to speak to somebody like me or you, and they say, "So, I have stopped drinking." It's I don't. All the time, people say, "Oh, you're still on the wagon." I have never said I'm stopping drinking, but mm. we we we've got it. It's. It, it's it's so much reduced to a binary absurdity by everyone that there's either the mad mad drinker waking up in skips or yeah. the or the delighted uh, the delighted <laughs> quitter. Yeah. Then you don't there's no space in the middle but you know somebody if it's an AA type person somebody comes up to say you're a friend of bills you know being code for being in the AA and they go oh no I mean I never you know I just moderate and they go and I know what they're thinking are oh, get going they're to tilt? Think, they're yeah. thinking, yeah. They're yeah. thinking, oh well, you know, well, did really Kidding himself. Yeah, you know, kidding himself. And then if you can't convince them, you have moderated. Then you get the well, you can't have had that much of a problem in the first place. Yeah, which is which is unfair as well. You know, mm. so. Yes, yeah, so I mean, yeah, that that that's kind of the space I was in, sort of, sort of, of of necessity, really. Mm. Yeah.
0: And so, how many, so how many units did you? Because I I watched the documentary. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. But also, there for you, the realisation about just how much you were drinking because it was all sort of incidental after work. Yeah, yeah. With mates and all that sort of stuff. So, was it a hundred units?
1: Hundred units. Um, wait, well, I was up to around a hundred units a week, sometimes more. That, I mean, that sounds like a huge amount and is, mm. however. You know, this was you know, a couple of nights a week I'd meet my mate who lived just round the corner, we might meet for a couple of pints. Yeah. And then might stay for a glass of wine or we might stay all night in the pub if the crack was good. But mm. you know, but if, if you just call it a couple of white pints a night, then you know, you're very quickly on you know, you're very quickly into between twenty and thirty units just for that. And that's just for starters. Mm. Let alone if you have a glass of wine and another beer when you get home. Just one or two again. Mm. But put in a couple of, you know, nights going out, out. And then, say, a day at the football with me on a Saturday. And then long Sunday lunch. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, yeah. You're
1: very quickly, you know, knocking on the door of uh, you know, of triple figures. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then you're fucked, basically, mm. yeah. in many senses of the word. Yeah.
0: How, how bad, I'm speaking to you now both mm. as experts, how bad is alcohol? For
2: you, if you're drinking that much, oh, it's fine, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 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 That's about just ask you for a friend. Just asking well, for a friend. Well, one thing that I've I sort of have learned is, and I think again, you talk about it in your book is, is that it's pro, it's pro, it's not proportional. The amount of harm it's doing you is not proportional to the, to the amount you drink. So the
1: line ought to go like that on a graph. It ought to be, you know, the more you drink the on more one axis, yeah. on the other axis, harm. It ought to go like. Like just a straight, just straight. It's Just good, straight. Good, uh good, yeah, sort really of, good, good, good audio, a, this. Audio. But it yeah. doesn't. It starts off slow, and then it goes very steeply.
2: Oh, okay. So, it's a so curve. Drinking yes. a bottle of wine is, I think, ten times as bad for you as drinking... It's not twice as bad yeah. as drinking half a bottle. It's like ten times as bad. Oh, right. So, yeah, it's, it's annoying, isn't it?
0: Oh, but I'm very good at drinking a bottle of wine. You know mm. that. The first two don't count. That would be like all the things that you say, yeah. like when you when you see a friend, you'll have the glass of wine really quickly at the kitchen yeah. bench, don't you? And you go, Oh, it's so good. To see you see, bang, yeah. one down. And then you're like getting dinner to get that another and then you sit down and you start the proper drinking. This is what I say in my head. Yeah. Then you have like the bottle of but, wine yeah. and then you have the shit. But often
1: it's about what you're drinking what you're drinking in between.
0: Mm.
1: You know, so you know, we'd say when I was working on football, we'd go abroad Champions League games, and it always turn up, you know, sooner or later there'd be a lot of drink involved. After you cover the game in Madrid the night before, or then after the game in Madrid or Barcelona or Munich or whatever, then we'd all meet up, and we'd, you know, stay out half the night sometimes. Mm. Now, then we'd get home bleary-eyed. Now, what I came to realise, the difference with me and everyone else, everyone else had an early night, you know, but sure as anything, the night I got back, I'd be you know early evening. It'd be straight back into a couple of pints, not mad, mm. but it's kind of what you're drinking in between yeah, the yeah, drinking, yeah. which you kind of you've you've kind of got to be aware of. But you know, it's about data. You've got to count your numbers, yeah, and then yeah. ho- however you get them down, one way or another, just get them down. But a lot of mine was a lot with me. It was it was less about you know drink water with your wine, drink alcohol-free beer instead of beer. You know all those tricks and there's, there's a real place for them but it was more about reframing it in my mind you know just seeing through some of the fallacies you know of, of alcohol like I thought you know if you added up all the drinks I've drunk in my life and you made there'd be about three miles long yeah. now that's a that's a lot of poison to put through your system but what was horrible for me was to think well how many of those did I really want need or enjoy really yeah and it's only about a third of them. Mm. The rest is just sort of habit.
2: Yeah. You know, mine, you know. mine, these days are the Netflix wines, I call them, where you're binging the Netflix and like, mindlessly watching the telly and watching the yeah. wine. And actually, mm. you've already had like, a bottle. Do you, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to... Yeah. yeah. But, that's, but we're all different, aren't we? And that's the thing.
1: But it's only the first drink, if you think about it, yeah. that has the effect. Right. You know, you feel, oh, great. Mm-hmm. And then, then the second drink, less so. Yeah. But, you know, all, if you think about it, all drinks, all subsequent drinks, and there are many in a night, yeah. all subsequent drinks are really a, a futile attempt to, to recreate the feeling that that first, that, that first drink gave you. It's, mm. not, it's not giving you that effect by that mm. point. Yeah. So if you can really focus on that, mm. then it do, I'm not saying you stick to the first and maybe a second drink every night, but you've you really got to focus on the pointlessness at that, at that moment it's not making you feel any better it's not making you behave any better mm. it's not making you more fun it doesn't fun. make
0: the guy you're on a date with any no. more attractive exactly. as I've <laughs> well, found well, come in, on if, well I have a, yeah. a two gin and tonic rule for, for when I'm dating yeah. oh right well, i like if, if he hasn't got any more interesting yeah. after
2: two gin and tonics. I'm going to bang him my <laughs> favourite country song <laughs> what is it you're a You're a two at ten, but you'll be a ten at two. (laughs) What's the other one? It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What I was just banging on about about, you know, only the first drink that matters and then the second drink. That's useful to keep in your mind, but there's one therapist who's in the book, a really good counsellor, um, who I spoke to, she says, Yeah, that's fine, but what if you're drinking for oblivion? Mm. Now that's a different kettle of fish and if oblivion is your aim then like moderation is not going to get you there nope. plain I mean that's a different mode mm. of drinking I don't really know what that's about but I thought with that generally I think probably stopping is, is the you know is the answer
0: yeah yeah. I remember because um, I I don't know if I've mentioned it I got divorced a couple of years ago and um, did you? yeah oh, okay. sure. keep another the down low he's a great guy <laughs> Joking, one more chance one more chance um, <laughs> yeah so i remember we were, we were going through mediation which is which is an absolute fucking party Oh, couldn't wait to see him again and i remember it was a really bad one when we had, i don't think we were talking about money or something and I was home alone and I drank two bottles of wine by myself mm. and then hopped into a really hot bath yeah and it was about midnight and and then I woke up at 3 a.m in a cold bath oh. having fallen asleep and oh. And that was that was proper.
1: I mean, that, that could have ended worse than it did. It,
0: yes, yes, it's a good thing I'm quite buoyant, um, yeah. but uh,
1: <laughs> or stingy with the amount of water you put in the bath. Yeah, had
0: a very <laughs> short bath, as I think I've mentioned on the podcast. It's, 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 it's about absorbed about downstairs. I've mean, got very cold boobs or very cold legs, and I, I, anyway, I'm alive um, because I bought such a cheap bath. But um, yeah. it was that was one of the kind of real hit home moments. And so now my rules: I never drink alone, and I never drink mm. at home unless I've got friends. <laughs> Or, or having yeah. a
2: date night as you would as just drink did. with me so I can clean up the taxi. that's <laughs> right that's, that's that's very very reasonable oh, but dear. I know you want to talk about the, the drinking bucket list yes
0: the... I did because I, I thought that was a fantastic part of the book can you talk us through your drinking well, bucket list well I mean
1: it's just things you know I didn't want to be tight assed about any of this there's still things that I want to do mm. you know every now and then where you do go a bit mad but I mean there was the one the one that sticks in my mind is the I've had it in my head since I was a student. Is doing the Circle Line pub crawl. Fucking which excellent, I think, yeah. You know, there are there thirty six stations on uh, in the in on the Circle Line in mm. London, and I don't know whether this has ever been done, but apparently, you know, legend has it that it was uh, that it was something you did, which was you have a half pint at every station. Yeah, which makes for if it's thirty six stations, that, that makes it eighteen, 18 pints. Pint, yeah, which like is but what it's not directly the volume which makes it possible to do, but apparently you're so dying for a slash between <laughs> stations. It becomes, I can, I can it becomes impossible. Oh my yeah. god. But you're not
2: you. allowed to wee, is that one of the conditions? Uh, it's not well no, it. you
1: have to. but you can't between stations.
2: Yeah, yeah. Take your I'm I'm saying I'm I'm taking she we're taking it your urinal gourd.
1: Or yeah, they one. have a colostomy bag or something specially fitted. yes that's that's lovely. Um
2: yeah I like the bucket bit and i w I'm gonna say I'm I'm sorry if I'm not the first person to have said this. My favourite bit in the book Adrian mm. Charles is. Here's the thing: I'm a big fan of Viz magazine. Oh yeah. And yeah. <laughs> anyone else who is will know, of course, that age, as you do, that mm. Adrian Charles is slang for hemorrhoids. Yeah. Oh, is
1: it? So come somebody come walks into uh, walks into the doctor's said, all my or says mates of my they say my Adrians are killing me. I mean, I love that. That's what? Funny, so. What
2: I love you actually mentioned it to your GP yeah, when yeah. you went to show her yeah, your yeah. own piles. Yeah. <laughs> I believe, yeah. That's yeah. What, did, what did the doctor say?
1: Um, was sort of, I'm um, vaguely impressed. I mean, she, was like, she was a good woman.
0: I meet the man, meet but, the piles. But I mean, miles. she knows...
1: <laughs> I mean, she knows that she's going to have to have a look up there any minute now. So I wouldn't blame her for not being full of the joys of spring of the prospect.
0: But. Oh. But it's, it is it is the joy of getting older, isn't it? I, I went and had my lip wax and she said, do you want your chin done too? And I was like, oh, OK, we've come to
2: this. It just kind of...
0: It just, yeah, the hair just heads yeah. oh, up. Yeah.
2: Should I do your lip while I'm here? Yes, you will now. Because apparently I look like Stalin. That's the <laughs> implication of what you've just said. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you so God. much. Oh, Now, I wanted to talk about your record-breaking... Aging. Yeah. what's this? Are you waiting The Running or something?
1: Yes. Oh, that was a load of bollocks, honestly. Oh, come <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it's I mean, a good anecdote. It a good was just anecdote. some stunt we did when I was presenting the one show where it found a world record I could break, which was just being kissed by the most people in a minute, was it?
0: Yes, <laughs> 78 I, kisses. You got. I mean, it.
1: It, oh. all it involved was, it, you know, like you could go and break it this afternoon stand outside the house and find a line up 80 people. To just go past you and, and, and kiss each of them Wow I mean I,
2: There was me Thinking you were The new Annabelle Chong You've just ruined it For all of us I
1: mean in a minute He's I down mean, you, playing yeah. it He
2: loved it He absolutely oh. fucking loved it. 60 seconds Well really yeah. this is just An excuse to talk about us Adrian Charles To be honest Because we're going to attempt uh, a, a world record Aren't we Helen Thornton? Yes go at on. the end of March Adrian Charles TV's Adrian Charles We
0: are going to <laughs> <laughs> Nepal And we're going to Everest Base Camp Yeah And We're going to do we, the Two week hike To be clear we we yeah. doing the two-week hike uh, and at
2: the top
1: of Everest Base Camp...
2: <laughs> <at> the top <laughs> of the bottom, yes.
1: There's a problem with the base camp. I mean, it just feels... Just, yes. just, you know, walking to get to the beginning. Yeah. Like but anyway. Well, you know, we'll like, see. Yeah. We'll
2: see how we feel when right. we're there. If we feel like it, we might okay. go up. Yeah. Who knows? Who yeah.
1: knows.
0: I Might befriend a nice American businessman who's got yeah. too much confidence and yeah. not enough skill. Anyway, <laughs> and then we can get married there. And then when he dies, I'll get his money. That's a nice okay. thought. Anyway, when we're at base camp, we're going to do a comedy gig, and we will, if successful, break the world record for the highest ever. Comedy. What do you mean
1: successful? Somebody laughs. <laughs> how do you make it? If successful? we manage
2: to write any. Jokes.
1: Yeah. If that,
0: the clock is ticking. There are, there are parameters. Guinness yes. is right. Strict. We have to do. Was it a half an hour
2: show? Yes. We have to have tickets. So we we'll have to it's, have an audience, which yeah. is fine, because we've performed to zero people before, but yes, <laughs> this have. will yeah. be a real challenge. And to people and are just interested. But they're, Sherpa,
1: they're going to be bewildered-looking yeah, Sherpa. Sherpas. Yeah,
2: well, this is it. Yeah. And, because it's going to be at base camp, so I'm, we're, we're, we're still planning it, but I think the audience is going to be, hopefully, yet yeah, Sherpas and, and climbers, because we're going just before they, they go up. Mm-hmm. right? So summit. we leave at the same time so as the, the, the people the climbers, going to the yeah. summit. The so top, top, not right, just the I was top. I saying, saying this to someone, and they went, so... For Some of these people, this will be the last comedy they ever yeah. hear. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Shit, no. We better be funny. Best, best jokes. Well, uh, you anyway. do
1: climbing jokes, crampons, and oh,
0: all and the hits. We can ride it as we go. That's what yeah. real comedians do. They ride on the train to Edinburgh.
2: This will be our, uh, our
0: yeah. show.
2: My friend Richie's written us a joke, Helen. Well, you okay, it? yeah. Uh, me and Helen uh, went to base camp. Ever rest? No, there was a lot of walking. Very good. Is that ganging? Yeah, yeah. that's ganging. I think that's the Yeah. <laughs> go anywhere from there um so yes so listener as i say it's just an excuse to plug this really so listener if you're listening and um, by the time this goes out we will have set up a GoFundMe. we keep saying we're going to do it yeah, it's on the to-do maybe. list. maybe i'll do that tomorrow it. yeah sure um, we'll have set up a GoFundMe, and you can sponsor us because we're going to do it all in aid of born uh, which is a charity for premature babies because again i don't like to go on about it helen but i did have no one, one. knows you had a premature no baby No nobody about it. knows that i'm it. single never get no. upset about yeah. it on podcasts or news programs um so there's that so we're going to do that uh, so if you want to sponsor us, that would be lovely. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, chuck us some money. I mean, Please. for the charity. For the children. Not for our, <laughs> for our the not, babies. Not for our egos. Yes. Not for attention. No. No. Stop no. it. We no ain't talking about ourselves. We're well attention, Helen. George. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, apparently us. we've got
0: a guest. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> back to you. <laughs> I'm back to the
2: studio. Adrian. Yeah.
0: So you got kissed a lot. You broke a world record. Any other highlights of, of, of the one show, Adrian, that you want to share?
1: Um, it is so a race a So I raised meatloaf on a... Uh, on a on a mobility scoop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fucking hell! You drop that in well, that now, was, Adrian. That That's was, amazing. That was quite something. Did you love him?
2: Did yeah, you, was, he, yeah, was he a he good guy? I
1: went for a I went for a drink with Bette Midler.
2: Oh, oh how was it that? Was
1: quite good. Amazing. She's, she was my favourite guest. A proper proper person. Really really nice. Oh. Um, I can't think. Oh God, there'll be other things.
2: Meatloaf well, and Midler. I mean. There's your mm. next book. Yeah, but I mean, we had someone on the last episode who gets regularly texted by Oprah, so <coughs> you know what I mean. we
1: got Morrissey on and <gasps> all shut ourselves, and then oh, I no. I balls it up right at the very beginning, just because he'd come on because he said, well, what it was really to me, his mum was a fan of the show, so okay, sulky Morrissey came on, and as we start, it was awful. As we started, there was this camera up on the jib coming down. Mm-hmm. I said, have oh, a big welcome to uh to Morrissey joins us, believe it or not. And he's watching because his mum's a fan of the show and Mrs. Morrissey loves to see and as I was said it, he went okay, no, I know it's not Mrs. Morrissey, that was my you know, that she's got she's not a Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> And then he said I anyway, I didn't say she was a fan, he said she watches the show. Oh, I
0: mean, oh
1: this was live. I it didn't was, like uh, him much
0: before, no. but I like him But really actually, nice.
1: apart from that, actually he was he was fine. <laughs> you know, he you know, he had to have a, you know, he demanded grey goose vodka. So somebody went off to Tesco's to get some grey goose vodka. But we sat around chatting afterwards and he was, you know, he was, he was fine. It's this this the was then. Success, I mean, this yeah. was 10 years
0: ago. Okay. More than 10 years ago. So, old yeah. Briggsidean and, yeah.
2: and whatnot. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit off-garnet. Oh. Afghan. It's <laughs> so, one for the kids, that reference. There we go. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Excellent. Oh, now, um should we do dad chat, Helen? Yes, I thought it would be good to do dad chat
0: because Adrian we've had quite a lot of single mum chat, but we thought it'd be nice for yeah. you to talk about being a single dad. And also you've got older girls, haven't you? Yeah.
1: I would not yeah. i mean, I, I wouldn't call myself I'd hesitate to call myself a single dad because because I mean, you know, I was you know, I was, I was present, I was there, but I lived, you know, I lived round the corner from them. And they came and went. You know, they came and went as pleased them, but I mean, I mean it carries I mean I would still say my ex wife did the heavy lifting, I'd never forget that because you know, through everybody's choice they stayed you know, they lived with under the same roof as her. So I mean that single parenting, in the end you are doing the heavy lifting, you know, mm. and I sort of never
0: Thank you, Adrian. I no, I, I But no, but I it,
1: never yeah. quite got I uh, never quite got over the thought of them being in those that house, you know, which I wasn't in on a cold winter, so I never you know, never you know, sat well with me, but but, you know, just, I don't know, what What can I say? Just you try to, you know, just try, you know, try to be there. You know, always, you know, try if you let them down. But then, you know, I was always there or thereabouts. I wish I'd done more. Mm. I did quite a lot. You know, we went to all sorts of different places, you know. But I suppose any parent thinks, Oh, hey, well, did I do enough for them? Did I? Mm. Particularly, did you enjoy, you know, I'm constantly lecturing people with younger kids yeah, because every age of a child has got its, you know, elements of drudgery.
0: Yeah, there can and be a everyone's got ar- its
1: challenge challenges yeah. and so on. But you know that you know you just don't realise that until it it suddenly stops mm. when they're about in their, you know, the drudgery aspect stops in them mid teens really, and then and then you can think I wish I found a way of enjoying it more because this goes and it doesn't come back, you know, mm-hmm. and then. But you know, it's hard,
2: you, man. It's hard when you're in it, and when oh, no, I it often meet people is. with like two and four year olds, and I just see in their eyes <laughs> just the darkness, yeah. the darkness. But
1: no, but you, but you do it in other aspects of your life, in the terms of it. Struck me that sort of the the secret of success in all forms of life, relationships, parenting, you know, media success, guess at work is you've got it. It's like repetition and being able to repeat things and being able to work with the mundanity of it, whatever you do, mm. and derive some joy and satisfaction from it. Now that's true whether you're a parent, you know, you know, wiping your wiping you know, the, the kids' asses for the millionth time mm. or getting, you know, half tube broccoli off the floor. Or you know, whether you Mick Jagger doing, you know, doing Sympathy for the Devil, you know, you're doing, I mean, I'm no fan of the Rolling Stones, but you see, yeah, him, yeah, yeah. you see him doing it and he still does it like he means it. Yeah. I, mean, I met up speaking to a priest once, he was a brilliant priest, and I said to him, and I said, well, what's your approach then when you're doing your eulogies? And he said, well, I treat every mass like it's my first or my last. And I think if you've sort of got to take that attitude with relationships as well, because everything gets bloody same. Yeah. Whether you're Mick Jagger, a priest, or a parent, whatever, mm. you know, if you're doing the most exciting TV program in the world, or whatever, everything gets, you know, everything gets boring, and you find out whether you're any good at stuff by are you still breathing life into it, even though you've done it a million times. So yeah. You know, I wish, I wish I sort of appreciated that more. But as you say, when you're in it.
0: It does, and, yeah, no, and it's and is all the cliches about the days are long but the years are short, and that's sort of, yeah. you know, there's times, I've got a tween and a teen, so I'm yeah. a 14-year-old, and sometimes I just, I just, you know, I want to shut myself away, but then I think, no, come on, you know, yeah, you never know when this is all going to end, so no, you're like, no. right, no, I will sit down, you know, the dishes can wait, the washing can wait, you know, I don't have to answer that email straight away you know i just want to kind of they're cool kids you know i have them five days a week yeah and you know i almost feel like i'm a better parent because of that because i go oh actually i'm not going to see them for a couple of days and then then i you know hang on to those those bits but i was going to ask you about about booze and having a chat because you obviously you're really public about that and uh have your girls talked to you about drinking or no no
1: i mean not at all i mean that i mean in general terms the you know the the data doesn't lie, and that and that age group, you mm. know, late teens, early twenties, are drinking less than they ever have before.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that because I've heard that um, as well. You know, yeah. so
1: it still seems an important part of their socialising. But I mean, they're very together. I'm sure. You know, it has gone wrong, sick in cabs and all the rest of it, but not that I get get to hear about it. But mm. I mean, on university, by the way, I just felt something really keenly, which I just want to get across is when. I mean, I I found it absolutely bloody heartbreaking when they went. Both of them are just—it just destroyed me mm. in both cases. Just awful. But but the, the the key point I want to make is that when you go off to university, you know you're about to do something which is you'll never be asked to do again in your life, which is go and get together with a, a total bunch of strangers and where it is compulsory to have a good time. Mm. Right. We all say to our kids, before you go, where are you going? after university, where are you going? Liverpool. Oh, you'll have a brilliant time. Yeah, it's shit. It's the wrong... I don't know what you're saying instead, but not that. You can't keep saying you're having a brilliant time. Yeah. Because it... Look, it comes from a good place and everything. Yeah. But you've also got to make aware, look, it's really bloody challenging at the mm. same time. Because otherwise, you can, so many of them... Get you know three four weeks in, and my kids were were fine. But you know, I speak to so many kids who three or four weeks in and go, "Well, I'm not particularly having a brilliant time here. Mm -hmm. Is there something wrong with me?"
0: Yeah, and I had a friend who I went to university with, and his daughter's starting in Australia, so in March. Uh And he said, "Oh, you know, I can tell her so much, and her mum can tell her much. But can you write down, Helen, you know, some advice for Sabine?" And I was just like talk to as many different people as possible you know um, you know even people that you didn't think you you know enjoy all that and don't feel you have to go out to everything and be everything yeah, for everyone yeah. and that was my problem because I came from like country Australia mm-hmm. and I was sort of blown away and I thought oh, I've got to go to the pub every yeah. night I've got to skip lectures because yeah. someone else is skipping a lecture and I literally wanted to please yeah. everyone and do other things and so I did re- I did really shit in my first year and I mm-hmm. really regret that. And I miss lectures that I think, fuck, I could have listened to amazing no, and no, learned no. stuff. And I just kind of cruise by yeah.
1: and I didn't learn too much about drinking or anything, you know. And so it becomes part of your life. Now I'm not saying that's entirely wrong, but it's just something to be aware of. There is a kind of a life outside.
2: But also I so say you can, you can change that. So, Helen, when you and I, we've talked about this, when you and I first met like 10 years ago, drinking was a big part of that. And, you know, we we met at a a comedy club and then we went on a sort of date at a pu- several pubs do you know what I mean and then we started the podcast the podcast was always yeah. back in those days Friday People nights we it at night Friday nights we had very little kids as well so it was sort of basically an excuse to get out of our houses yeah. and away from our husband and kids and, and drink a load of fucking wine. And we record the podcast and then we'd drink for another sort of three hours. We'd have a box of wine. Yeah. 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 And, and that, that was easy. And that, and the, but that felt like a treat. That's yeah. what you saved up
0: for, you know. And especially, yeah, having little kids. You were so fucking tired. And this was the yeah.
2: escapism. That Did was you used the to go a camp home? Yeah, yeah, that, always. Yeah. yeah, always go to camp home.
1: Well, you're sick in it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <mean.
2: laughs> Not no, every time. No, back then, her, her special her party trick was falling asleep on this sofa... Often while I was talking, <laughs> like in the middle of a conversation, <laughs> Not a horrible drunk, just sleepy, <laughs> yeah. spewy drunk. Uh, but, um, yeah. but you know, here we are, ten years later, and you're doing your marathons, and I'm, you know, yeah. doing the moderation thing. And we've, and so we do still get pissed loads. But yeah. also, like we very often, we we have a tradition that we always have a curry after the show. right? Yeah. We do our stage show, and then we go and have a curry. And very often now, curry houses have zero percent lager, mm-hmm. and one or both of us will. Have zero percent lager, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't think either of us has ever given the other one any shit no. from that. And I've that. never felt pressure to drink from you or no. vice versa. Yeah. I
0: quite like a zero zero cobra. copper yeah, right? They
1: got better and better. They also lucky particularly they... for blokes, I think. Lucky Saint, Locky for Saint's example, great. being on draft, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, is
1: a game changer because you sort of got a proper drinking setting instead of a piddly little sort of three hundred and thirty. Uh, yes, yes, the Heineken of, Blue, a Beck's Blue. But yeah. I mean, also a key thing uh, you touched upon it then about being pressured. Is that as a producer who um, she's from around here somewhere actually who worked on the program um, on the documentary? She said alcohol. If she put it: alcohol is the only drug you've got to apologise for not taking. Mm. You know, really which is true. which yeah. is so true. So I mean, a solemn vow I sort of made for myself was was just you know do not. Pressure anyone else into yeah. drinking. Also, never again will I be pressured into drinking. Lots of stuff occurred to me having since the book's gone out. You know, just because through talking about it, you mm. like with people like you, you in this way, you new things sort of strike you. And something that struck me is that if you think, you know, after a one of your nights out, let's say what after one of your, you know, when you're coming around here doing the podcast in the early days, or after any kind of night out. Now, how many times have you woken up in the morning and think, oh, God, I drank a bit too much last night? Lots, probably.
0: Yeah. Mm. How
1: many times have you woken up and said, oh, I didn't drink enough last night?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> you such know, a good question. It, it never happens. I mean, this no, did, you're like, I oh, damn why was I more pissed? Yeah, yeah. so what, what
1: does that tell you? You know, yeah. it's just... Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, And something else that occurred to me. It was, read something about, a bloke should drink 3.7 litres of water a day. So I thought, all right, I'll try that. And fucking, I mean, my main question is what, you know, because I always rated my bladder. My yeah. like, friends would be going to the toilet every five minutes, you know, on a drive to the football, we'd have to get out the services because somebody needed a fucking slash. Not me, old <laughs> iron bladder. Right. Well, now I know, like right. Because actually, once I started drinking the required amount of water, mm. you know, I'm literally, I'm, pl- I'm planning my life. Hang on, I'm going out now. All right, I'll be there, so I can go for a slash when I get there. But it made me wonder how anybody properly hydrated yeah. ever gets anything fucking done. Where would you go anywhere? Because you were in the toilet the whole time. But the biggest revelation was, you know, for the time I was drinking the right amount of water, I went out in the evening for a drink.
0: Mm.
1: And I, I didn't really drink that much, and I mean drink-drink. Yeah. I thought, hang on a minute, all this stuff, books, documentaries, everything, is the actual reason I was drinking too much. Because I was just fucking thirsty. Because I was just... <laughs> I was just dehydrated.
2: Well, there oh, you go. Often, yeah, that first glass is just because you're thirsty. You should have a glass of water first, but mm. we never learn. Oh fuck that! I say this on on my podcast. Yeah, fuck. If I'm in a pub, what fuck you drink? Fuck. Yeah, off. I'll have a water afterwards, but yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. sit down and have a bloody pint. Mm. Um, but each to their own. Yeah. Different different rules work for different people. That's right. Um, you do you. Yeah, yeah. You fuck off. <laughs> Now, Adrian, we do like to end the podcast yeah. uh, with a scummy mummy confession. Now, this could be about parenting. It could be a story of personal humiliation or failure. Uh, yeah. Helen, do you have a story for yeah, us? Yeah, I was going to. I was going to start with a,
0: a a really good story of uh, um, personal humiliation. Um, I went out for a, for a very very good Chinese uh, in Chinatown on uh, Saturday night, and then the kids wanted to go to M&M World afterwards. And uh, I was so full of uh, very good food that I let one go. Uh, I thought it was a noisy place, and it smells like chocolate. I thought, this is not <laughs> going to... This is the perfect place to drop oh, a no. questionable fart, right. oh, M&M no. World. Yeah. And it was so bad. It
2: cleared out an entire section of the shop. Oh. People were like, what? <laughs> what? Listen, I've been in the van with one of those that comes up. Oh, fuck oh, me,
0: Oh, it's very, very. It may have been that all the south. So I've got into gut health, and sometimes when I go in these fans, right, I'm like, I just eat a whole jar of kimchi and oh. sauerkraut because I've got to, you know, rebuild my sense well. And then before the Chinese, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, anyway, what did the kids say? Well, they they were concerned. They were they were <laughs> actually concerned, and they said, "Mummy." And they were both very serious. They said, we think you need to go to the doctor because your fart smells so bad. And (laughs) I said, listen, kids, I've got something to tell you. I have been to the doctor before because I was concerned about the smell of my farts. And the doctor laughed at me, Adrian Charles. They
2: said... It was a very bad smell and yeah. that i got to I've wasted said, the energy out my office I've got Adrian Charles coming yeah. in the minute He's got a problem with his agents <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: it's, That's a real problem The NHS is under pressure and i wasted their time talking
1: about I mean I'm an smelly absolutely Smelly Copious farter but yeah. It's all noise It's not a lot of I'm saying Adrian Charles. Yeah, I'm no. you,
0: you, yeah. you, you can shake the walls. Adrian you do you have a scummy then? or a, a um, humiliating story Well there's shout. one
1: Yeah I that mostly involve getting emotional and crying a lot um, with, my, with my kids, but it uh, certainly embarrasses them. But I uh, I took them... I've always ate, I always hated skiing without ever actually having skied. Then I went skiing. <laughs> that sounds like us. Yeah. I went skiing. I've been
2: once and it's fucking shit. I hated it. quite right. I mean, yeah.
1: the, the only good thing is that moment you take those fucking boots off. Oh. It's worth it for that, actually. Yes, it, yeah. And then putting some lovely soft trainers on. Oh, oh, heavens. Beautiful. Anyway, I took the kids when they were very little. We went to some place in... Um, in switzerland and we would, we went at some at the top of the we had some guide with us when the some teacher and we were at the top of the this mountain there's one of those restaurants there's fondue and of course the kids had a bit of it quite liked it and then but there was a load left i mean you could have but you could have bathed a baby in this oh this in this keep cheese, going, cheese keep going, Adrian, come on yeah so i can't bear to see food go away. So anyway <laughs> i just shoveled it all in Anyway, with this long ski down, a relatively gentle slope, but, you know, and I got got to the bottom. uh, I daft (laughs) yellow. Oh, oh, no! It was dreadful. And then I remember, like, a couple of days later, we were in some restaurant. I was looking at the menu, and um, my little one goes, Daddy, not cheese. (laughs) 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 Well, <laughs> actually, brought, just, just, just something that came back to me it didn't involve me, but I was on the, in, the primary, um, when they were at primary school. I spotted a little girl on the, when I dropped my kids off, um, it's, and it, was, it wasn't in the, right, it was in a different uniform. I, I sort of noted it, I think it must be a sister or something. And then I had to bump into the head, head teacher, it was a good woman, a couple of days later, and I, I mentioned it, he said, fuck, do you know what happened? Everybody went in. And she was all on her own in a playground, in the wrong uniform. And it transpired that her dad, he didn't seem to have taken her to school ever before because he'd taken her to the wrong fucking school. (laughs) My wow oh, Can you wow. imagine the wow. bulletin he got? Oh, for... oh. she was at another school oh, <laughs> about that... half a mile of
0: that. In the last ten years we've collected thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of scummy mummy mm. confessions. We've never no. heard of a child no. being
2: dropped off at the wrong school.
1: The wrong school. Oh, oh.
2: god. Well my be... uh, my confession is my scummy mummy confession is that this week uh, our boys who are eleven they had an inset day at their school. And uh, there was some chat on the what? Oh, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to Hampton Court Palace. Oh, no. are you? We're going. We're just going to go out to camp for the day. What are you? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. We'll just see how we go. Uh, and then me and Charlie, my son, we started watching The Traitors on iPlayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just spent the whole of Monday morning, yeah. just to the point got to lunchtime, and I was like, "We've got to leave the house." And he was like, "No, no, one more episode, like, no. We've got to go somewhere." And he was like, "Oh, let's." I was like, "Let's go to Peckham and get some food, and then at least we'll have been out and had a cultural experience." And he was like, "Okay." So we went out and got some food, and then we came home and watched The Traitors, and then that night. Um, I was putting him to bed a little bit late because we watched so much of the traitors, and uh, I couldn't find his novel that I'm reading him at bedtime. And I was like, Oh, I can't find your story, Charlie. And he was like, oh And I said, Look, oh we're both really tired. Why don't you just get into bed, and I'll just tell you a bedtime story. I'll make one up about the traitors. And he went, Actually, I prefer that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know no, you know, this story but, where he was in the trade but,
1: you know, as, you get, as, as they get older, <laughs> that is so wonderful when you're sharing stuff yeah. like that with them. So in the beginning, you have to share, well, it was the tweenies in my day and mm. some Teletubbies yeah. and um, Pink Pingu and all that business. But as you get older, you actually watch things sort of on a level together. I think a tip I got once was just like someone saw this psychologist talking about, you know, how to raise children. She said, tooth, he talked a fair amount of bollocks. To be fair, it wasn't my daughter's school. But she said, first thing, make sure they get enough sleep. Beyond anything else, forget about whether they've got a messy bedroom, forget everything. Right? Mm. Just make sure they're sleeping enough, because everything flows from that. She also says, don't begrudge time in the car. Now, if you're a driver and you end up ferrying around, ferrying them around. I mean, that she said, there's so many parents going on taxi service. And it completely. and I don't think I was doing much moaning about it, but she said, oh, enjoy it, because increasingly. That'll be the only time you get them on your own, the mm. only time to talk to them. Also, there's something really good about being side by side, Yes, not face on. Talking to get each a other, bit deeper, can't you? Yeah, yeah
0: there's, yeah,
2: there's that. There's that freedom in not having eye contact. Why do you think mm. we record the podcast like this? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, your book, "The Good Drinker: How I Learned to Love Drinking Less" by TV's Adrian Childs. I think you should have put TV's on the book on the turn. They wouldn't have, have known otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They might <laughs> yeah. have thought it's that vet Adrian Childs. Yeah. yeah. Um, is is out now? And I think the show comes and goes on iPlayer, doesn't it? It's,
1: it's on. Um it's actually on YouTube, which I probably shouldn't, them, but it's got, oh, right. shouldn't yeah. mention. But you
2: it's can like, illegally watch Agent mm, yeah, Charles. It was it was available on, on some streaming services. Yeah. Yes, but you paid your TV license fee. Fuck it, they've had your money anyway. Yeah, what yeah, difference does yeah, exactly. it fucking it, make? It's absolutely excellent. The show's um, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for listening. Now, we've got loads of shows coming up, Helen Thorne. We're going to Newcastle. We're going to Brighton. We're going, uh, where else, Ellie? Cambridge, Kathmandu. We're going to Birmingham.
1: Well, you won't be short of a curry there. Do give me a call before you go. Oh, yes, please do. Absolutely.
2: And of course, we've got two massive shows coming up. biggest shows of our lives. It's coming home. (laughs) It's coming home. We're bringing it back to Broadway, and I do mean the Catford Broadway on the 23rd and the 24th of february uh we just had a look today and the tickets are selling fast at the time recording this is going out in a couple of weeks so it's 800 seater theater and i think <gasps> two Ooh, nights two nights come on it's all it's gonna be full of whiz bangs Wh- videos new hats we were looking at today capes oh, oh. catsuits choreography it's glitter sequins yes dry ice perhaps even jokes who knows don't promise too much no you're right you're (laughs) right I'm getting ahead of myself Helen I'm so sorry (laughs) there will be words yes (laughs) so yes but we are going all around the country so have a look at scummymummies.com for dates and tickets yes excellent we're doing our
0: best we're trying to (laughs) we're
2: doing our best (laughs) that's the tagline (laughs) The Scummy Mummy Show Greatest Hits we're doing our best excellent. it's all we can do yeah, lovely exactly. uh, and yes I shall continue to try and drink less Good doing job. my best mm-hmm. well there we go thank you so much not at all TV's Anytime. Adrian Childs for coming on the podcast and for writing your excellent book and uh, yeah being being a fellow moderator
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah I would say we should have half a pint to celebrate
1: oh yeah. <laughs> <I'll> what <know>.
2: yeah. <laughs> ethanol yeah uh, <laughs> Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: I was worried I was man I was a bit like that. I was man spreading. I'm sorry no, about all right, that. That's not right. Yeah, not at all. I, I thought you might I might want to do a ratings for blokes after um, how much the fuck of man spread.
2: No no, 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 not at all. at all. It's an honour to have you manspread on our sofa, <laughs> Adrian. China. He manspread, but he did not mansplain. Yeah. No, there Absolutely. we go. And often those things come hand in hand. So you could have had my
1: famous piles. <laughs> upon your well, the, piles you know of what, cushions. Do you know right? what? I, I,
0: it took me a while to get you. This is, this is why I sit on this bit, Adrian. Um, I, I'm sitting on a, a sheepskin listener. Yeah. Because I, I find, because I go to warm bottom, that when I get up from the velvet, it's like the shroud of Turin of my, like, lower half. <laughs> I, I find a very... So now I have it's to sit on champagne Yes, yeah. it is. It is. I don't, I don't the, like arse it. Yes. Yeah. the arse <laughs> of
1: Turin. <laughs> yes. The arse cheeks of Turin. It's exactly. got a nice God, ring to God it, knows
2: that. what yours have been, like Adrian Oh, they are dreadful. Place the bit in
1: between the cheeks. (laughs)
2: Bullseye Like a balloon You started
1: it Talking about it You
2: you raised the piles As as usual (laughs) We lowered the tone Raised the piles And lowered the tone As per usual
1: Hi I'm Daniel Founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners Deserve better Than any old fashioned litter That's why I teamed up With scientists And veterinarians To create Pretty Litter Its innovative crystal formula Has superior odour control And weighs up to 80% less than clay litter